Hello, friends, and welcome to the sixth episode of the Pilot Riot Podcast. I'm Madeline Palman. And I'm Peter Humbarger. And this is the podcast where we review new TV show pilots for you and tell you all about them, let you know how we rate them, and... Yeah, what to watch, what not to watch. Yeah, help you figure out what you want to watch. There's a lot of TV shows on these days, and we've got three of them for you tonight. So, uh, it's... It's a Wednesday right now. Yes. What, uh, what's anything interesting going on? Uh, well, I know that you have a story to tell that I really want to hear. Okay. I, don't, I don't have a lot to report um, that I can say on air. Okay, so <laughs> I, um, I do have a story. I was in an Uber today, and I left my keys in the Uber. Okay. And luckily, he came back and like, gave them to me, but I was waiting outside my apartment for him to you know, drive back. Sure. And my roommate walked out. The guy one. And, uh, he was Wait, the, what? I have two roommates, a guy and a girl. What? The guy one. What? <laughs> They're dated. Wait, what? 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 I what? thought you what lived you with a guy, just one other guy. No, I live with his girlfriend. He's 37, she's 21. He, she moved here from Montana to be with him. What? I she, thought you lived with a guy, no, no. just one, like, older guy that you, like, never talked to. No, no, no. There's two of them. Her name's Wow, Katie. you've lived in this place for a really long time, <laughs> and I had no idea. Yeah. It's just like, you know, Peter and I have been really close friends for like, I would say close to seven years now, and I've met his mom exactly one time. <laughs> it's like Both that, of his yeah. parents I've met exactly one time. Well, you'll <laughs> never meet this guy. <laughs> so, anyways, I'm outside my apartment, and he comes out, and I thought that he was like carrying a gym bag. And I was like, that's whatever. Like, that's weird. I didn't think that he went to the gym, but I was like, okay. So he's like carrying this duffel bag. And then he's like, he walks by me and I noticed it is actually a cat carrier (gasps) (laughs) with Milo in it. So I have two cats or they have two cats. Oh my God. You have cats? Yeah. Oh my God. Why am I just learning these things now? (laughs) This is so weird. Milo. And I'm allergic to cats. But it's fine. It's fine. Oh, I didn't. So am I. I I also didn't know that you were allergic to cats. Do you guys even know each other? (laughs) I don't know. Have we met before? Um, so they're, they're both long hair. Um, uh, that's terrible. But they're really cute. They're there's, fucking so cute. Yeah. So there's. Why have you met these cats and I haven't? Just, I don't know. This is weird. So there's. I feel very unanchored. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So there's Milo and then Tony with an I, mm-hmm. which he told me. I was like, I don't care how you spell your name. <laughs> <laughs> but okay just, just so you get the spelling right in the future yeah, like, you ever need to write it down on any Tony documents Morrison <laughs> <laughs> so um, so he has he has a cat carrier with Milo in it not a gym bag okay and and he's like oh look it's Milo and I was like oh I guess oh it <laughs> sure is <laughs> and um, and I just assumed that Milo was going to the vet but um he, the, my roommate, what's his name? Joe, he was like, yep, just got to take Milo to the groomer. <laughs> I was like, huh? Like, <laughs> I was sure that you were going to say that, that Milo was going to get put down. I was sure. No, I be, was a hundred percent sure. That would be horrible. That would be horrible. <laughs> yeah. Like really chipper. <laughs> That's where I thought it was going. It was like I'm a year so, and a half. I'm so glad I was wrong. <laughs> yeah. But I was like, what? Like, who takes their cat to a groomer? Like, the whole point of having a cat is they're super low maintenance. Like, you don't need to tra- potty train them. You don't have to, like, do anything. You're just, That's like, so true, except I think if you get a long-haired cat, 
then you commit. apparently then you have to. But I had a long haired cat growing up, and we never had a groomer. Did it have an ostentatious French name? No, uh, Pearl. <laughs> Pearl. <laughs> Pearl's not too bad. Peter's had dogs named Genevieve and Eloise. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> fuck me, why? Yeah, fuck Peter. Though. I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fuck Peter. They're no. cute. They're cute names. <laughs> they're cute. They're just a little, they're a little people-y for me. Yeah. Well, Milo's not too bad. Yeah, Milo's okay. I mean, I, as I just said, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to name my next dog Milo. Right, right, right. So After a real housewife. <laughs> <laughs> After a real housewife that I know and love. I don't actually know her. I just love her. <laughs> and through my screen, she had a dog Same named thing. Milo. So um, I was like, okay, like that's weird. I thought that cats groomed themselves. Um, but I get home, and then I'm, I go into like the living room later, and Katie, the girl room, is like, oh, have you seen Milo? And I was like, no. <laughs> and then I look over, and Milo was completely shaped. Whoa. <laughs> Why? I don't know. Like, completely shaved, but nothing was done to his face. So he had, like, this, like, a ton of hair around his face and head. Why? But, like, his tail, his body, his legs, everything was, like, totally shaved. Why? I don't know. Literally, why? Literally, why? Like, why do you shave cats? Why do you shave everything but their head? Also, how do you shave a cat? Like, cats are don't even like being bathed. Like, how do you, you know, get them to put up with being groomed? I have no idea. I feel like cats would be real pissy about it. Yeah. But I thought that was like, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> it sounds like a shocker. We might have to post a picture to our Instagram. Yeah, I'll, I'll take a picture tonight. Perfect, perfect, yeah. perfect. All right, so this week um, we talked about three shows, or we watched three shows. Yes. Three pilots. Um, we watched Iron Fist, which we'll talk about first. On Netflix. Yeah, yeah and that one's on Netflix, so you don't have to... Tune in every week. All the episodes are out already. It's already out there for you. Yeah. Um, so this show is a Marvel show, and it's it sure is. Yeah, it sure is. It's um, it's based on the comic series. Yes, of the Iron same name, Iron Fist. <laughs> and so we start off with Danny Rand, who is played by Finn Jones, who you may recognize, but you probably won't recognize actually. From Game of Thrones as Renly's lover. What was his name in Game of Thrones? Um, something Terrell. Oh, yeah. Uh, Loris. Oh, yeah, yeah. Loris Terrell. Um, and, but he has a beard in this, and it and has an American accent. And he's and, homeless. Yeah, and he's, and he's like kind of unrecognizable. So, yeah, he's homeless, and he's wearing like this... Well, how would you describe his look, Pete? Barefoot. Barefoot. Mar- markedly barefoot. Yeah. Um, Linen pants. Right, and one of those um, like poncho sweaters. Yeah. Drug rug. A drug rug, if you will. Definitely, yeah. yeah. Um, He's wandering around the streets in New York City. Yeah, so he... So there's like an opening fight scene. Yeah. And I thought that was horrible. In the building? Yeah. So he's trying to get into his old father. So like he's... We get the sense from like he's talking to like someone on the street. And then as he's trying, he's trying to get into this big business building. Um... It's called, his name is Danny Rand, and it's called, like, the Rand Towers or Rand whatever. Enterprises. Rand Enterprises. And he, like, his father, like, helped build this company. And so he's going to see, wants to see his dad's old business partner. Like, he grew up, you know, with this business or whatever in, in, in this building. And so he has an opening fight scene with, like, the secrets, like, the, not the Secret Service. The security guards. The security yeah. people to, like, get into the building to go see. He's trying to get a hold of Harold Meacham. 
that was his dad's business partner. And yeah, so he like fights and gets onto but the elevator. But it's such a bad fight scene. It's like, it felt like um, Rush Hour. It looked like Rush Hour. That's interesting because I had a note for this that I felt like the action was pretty good. And I kind of liked all the, I thought all the fights were pretty well done. Oh, really? Yeah, you disagree. No, I didn't like them. I thought they were a little like, like they didn't seem like real fight scenes. There's the fight scene and then he's trying to, he like goes upstairs and like he's really like sneaky and he ends up talking to his friends from childhood. Yeah, Harold Meacham's kids, Ward and Joy. Right. And they say that Harold Meacham died. Uh, Yeah, he died of cancer 13 years ago. Yeah, he's no longer. And then immediately you get this sense that it's like, this classic, oh, this guy's lost in time and he doesn't know where he is or who he is. And yeah. People, yeah. So, and it turns out, so he's saying over and over that he's Danny Rand. So it turns out they're like, no, Danny Rand's been dead for, you know, however many years, like 15 years, however many years Danny's been gone. So, cause there was a plane crash. He, he and his parents were in a plane crash over the Himalayas. And, uh, but apparently, so they were all presumed dead, but apparently Danny survived and was living with some monks. Yeah. And learned how to be very zen <laughs> and barefoot and drug rug wearingy. Yeah, and he, and he lives in Gramercy Park. Yes. Um, you know, just a classic homeless story. Yeah, a classic case of uh, white appropriation. <laughs> yeah. So he he practices Tai Chi and mm-hmm. he's like, you know, everyone's white and he's just like, really centered and doesn't need any, um, any like worldly material. Yeah, exactly. He's like, he doesn't care about the money. He doesn't care about anything. He just wants answers. Yeah. Like over and over. Yeah. He just wants to learn the truth. And over and over he's like, I just want to know what's going on. And why won't you be honest with me? Things like that. (laughs) And all while looking homeless and trying to break into this like multi-billion dollar corporation. Yeah. It's like, that's why Danny, that's why. <laughs> and so, yeah, so they like kick him out of this building. Then he goes to like his old childhood home, which I actually loved this scene because he goes into this. It was like, it looked to be like a very large townhouse on a corner spot, like downtown somewhere. It was Gramercy Park. It was, oh, it was Gramercy Park. Okay. Yeah. So that's midtown, but, but more downtown ish, lower half of the Island. And, uh, there's just this beautiful townhouse and he, so he breaks into it. It's his childhood town, childhood home. And it turns out that by coincidence, I think, or maybe just cause it was like a company property or something, but joy Meacham, one of the two siblings that he saw earlier, uh, his childhood friends or whatever, who now run the company, uh, Joy Meacham lives there, so that's weird. And he like controls her dog with like Zen oh, powers yeah. by like touching all of his fingertips together and like cu- closing his eyes. He like controls the dog and makes it docile, which was something when Peter and I were doing practice recordings for this podcast, we did one on the OA, the pilot for the OA, and that's something similar <laughs> yeah, happens in the OA. And you mentioned when we did that recording that you were like, I hate when they always show someone having supernatural powers by like controlling the dog. <laughs> yeah, and that they a lot. did that exactly. Also, I thought that it was funny that um, they had a Rottweiler. I was watching this with a friend and he was like, that a family that rich would never own a Rottweiler. No, they would. If anything, they would own a Doberman. And I was like, Yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or a Great Dane. Yeah, I love Great Danes, <laughs> but definitely not a Rottweiler. No. So a Rottweiler is the more pedestrian right. dog. <laughs> <laughs> Does he get any answers from doing that? Or no, we get answers basically because he has some flashbacks. 
And we learned that Ward Meacham, so that's the brother sibling of these two people, these two, this sibling couple, as I'll call them, that they're not like a couple, but you know, they're siblings. They have a weird relationship. Not incesty, but if you watched it, you would understand why I say that. And uh, so he has like flashbacks to like playing checkers with them, and like Ward is like really cruel, and Joy is like pretty normal. So that was actually that was really just a trip down memory lane for us, I think, to give us some exposition. Yeah, it gives us some insight about how much of a dig Ward is. Yeah, exactly. And uh, so yeah, so Danny uh, meets a Tai Chi girl in the park played by Jessica Henwick, who was also on Game of Thrones. That's like her main other credit. Oh, she was? Yeah, she was. She was one of the sand snakes. (laughs) (laughs) So her name was Colleen Wing. She has a nice anglicized name for us. Well, yeah. (laughs) It's not like... I just found this show to be very whitewashed. It was, but... Like, not only was there, like, a huge lack of diversity in casting, we have one Asian-American character, and it was, like, Colleen... Like, I don't know. Well, it the was, security guards were black. So he meets, the, you know, what's-her-face, and uh, Colleen Wang, and she is putting up, like, posters in the park, or, like, you know, little rip-off flyer sheets. Yeah, it's on bulletin board. Yeah, for, like, her Tai Chi class, and he, like, offers to teach, or, like, he wants to work there. And she's like, no, I have someone who cleans up. Ha ha. But of course we know he means I'm a Tai Chi master. So we know, of course, that like by the end of this episode, probably he'll be working at this place, which sort of happens. Oh, is that what she meant? I thought when she said I already have someone that cleans up that she meant like, oh, I already have someone that actually showers. No, no. She meant like someone who cleans up the studio. Like you obviously want to be a maintenance man. Obviously she's underestimating his abilities. (laughs) His, his training. Yeah. She has no idea that he's trained with Tibetan monks for 15 years. The warrior monks, as he calls them later. Well, they belong to like a sect of monks, which you'll find out in later episodes if you watch. (laughs) Which you can. You can watch them all right now. But I wouldn't recommend it. (laughs) Um, So yeah, so he, so he goes back like, and he like, uh, goes like in a parking garage with Ward and like jumps in his car and like wants answers and Ward basically rebuffs him again and again and he thinks that he can get through to Joy and like has a meeting with her in, in her office but she drugs him and he wakes up in an insane this all asylum ha- happens in the first episode? yeah Oh, okay, okay. Well, I, it's, it's really hard when you watch multiple episodes you're like what actually happened at the end? okay, but yeah yeah, that was a weird scene in the end when she drugs him because he just happened to he like sneaks up on her in his in her office, and then she's like, "Would you like some tea?" And then makes some tea and ends up giving him some sort of tranquilizer. But it's yeah. like, how did she? If she didn't know that he was going to be there, why did she just have like rape drug? Like, um, oh, I thought she did know for some reason. No, no. Well, that's he nuts. surprised her. Yeah, and she just like that's had, not great storytelling. She just had tranquilizers just kept in her desk. I guess. I guess so. I guess when you're like, they obvi- they're very much portraying this huge big company as like being very evil and corporate and cold and whatever, and so that's just I think that's just kind of like when you're, you know, a big corporate maverick, maverick CEO, whatever like that in these shows. <laughs> you know, you have drugs like that on hand. To just yeah, knock them anything. Out. <laughs> any, you have any all kinds of tricksies up your yeah. sleevesies. So they, uh, you also meet um, their father. Oh my god, yeah, so that was a big twist. So Harold Meacham has been dead for 13 years, right? No. No, he's alive and living underground. And <laughs> it was so weird. So the father, Harold Meacham, is played by David Wenham, 
who he's been in. Oh, he was in Lord of the Rings. And he is 16 years older than the man playing his son. And he looks even younger than he is. So it's very weird to watch. Yeah, they both look young. They both have full heads of hair. And they're just, they're supposed to be like father and son, but they look really similar. Yeah. And at first, so Harold Meacham is in hiding and like living under, in like an underground, like mansion type place. And I originally thought that he had like cracked the code to immortality and like wasn't aging. And that was the explanation to why he wasn't (laughs) hiding. But now I don't think that's the case. No, it's not. But he's like the evil one. Yeah. 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 Oh my God. Of course he is. Yeah. He's got evil written all over his face. He's blonde. I mean, he lives underground. Yeah, exactly. And, and we also get like, we're treated to a kind of a strange scene between him and his assistant, uh, in the, in that first opening. Yeah. Kyle. Kyle, where uh, we learn that he kind of mistreats people and stuff. So we're introduced to that evilness just right off the bat. So uh, the show, I'd probably give like two stars. Yeah, you know, I... Or even like one... No, two. Two? Two, yeah. You know, I it was high production value and uh, there was pretty good character development. But for me, it felt like an extended first act of a movie. It didn't really feel like a traditional setup of a pilot it felt a little watered down. Yeah, it felt like an ex- that it felt like an extended first act of a movie. I didn't I didn't love it. I didn't think it was that well structured. I think that this is a trap that Netflix shows fall into sometimes. It's almost like they're produced too quickly. And Yeah, and you know that you can watch the second episode immediately. Yeah, exactly. It's also yeah, it's part of the binge-watching culture. Yeah. Um so I thought there it was it, it there was nothing super special about it for me. It was, I feel like I do this with a lot of the shows we review, but like, yeah, I'm going to give it like, I'm going to give it 2.5 stars. Okay. Which, which I don't know if that speaks to my own viewpoint on TV shows or if it speaks to just the fact that we're making, making mostly, you know, we have so many new TV shows coming out all the time. Are most of them just mediocre? I think you, I mean, it was mediocre and it did really bad. Like it got really bad ratings. Yeah. It has gotten really bad ratings. Um, where I'm like, I have IMDb pulled up. Let's see what it has. Oh, it has 7.8 stars out of 10 on IMDb. It has really, it got really low Rotten Tomatoes though. I think like 17%. Whoa. That's really low. Check that. Check your facts. Show me the receipts. <laughs> 17. We're, we're, we're fact checking it that right now. Really low. 18%. Wow. Yeah, no. I, wow. I'm surprised it's that low. To be yeah, honest. it's that low. Um, I'm surprised it was that, that low. I really liked the... Uh, fight scene at the Chinese parade, like the Chinese New Year parade. Yeah, that was good. I don't know if it was. I thought that one was better than the. Um, it was exciting. It was definitely like pulling out a, like a stop for a pilot, you know, like yeah. really make it, fun it was and exciting. Yeah, I enjoyed it. That he was able to hide behind the Chinese masks. Yeah, um, Danny Rand was all right, but I didn't think it was anything like any of the other performances were that special. Meh. No, it was very meh. Yeah, you know, this show was created by Scott Buck, who was an executive producer on Six Feet Under and one of my favorite TV shows ever, Dexter. And I found this to be a little conventional, considering he was on two pretty out there shows. Yeah, you think, I mean, Six Feet Under is probably my top three favorite shows. Yeah. And I feel like both Dexter and Six Feet Under were uh, outside of the box for their time. And I feel like this really follows convention. Yeah. Yeah. Don't watch it. <laughs> if you're really into Marvel, you'll probably like it. Yeah. <laughs> but, really but you already knew that. You didn't need us to tell you that. Because <laughs> <laughs> you already know about it and you probably already watched it. <laughs> 
This week we also watched, uh, what are we talking about next? Sweet Home Sweet Oklahoma. Sweet Home Oklahoma, yeah, on Bravo. Woo! Uh, what time? Oh, that's a good question. It's on Mondays at 10. Got it, okay. And, uh... Is that a good time slot? Uh, no. Really. No, I would say not the best time slot. It's a half hour. Oh, it was? Yeah, it was only a half hour, which I was surprised by. That is really surprising, actually. And there, it, it follows three ladies that live in Oklahoma, and they're... In, in Oklahoma a, City. Oklahoma City. Really progressive, really liberal. It, they're really visit? liberal. No, it's not, but they are. I hope so. Well, they said they are. They're like, I can't... Like, when you think of Oklahoma, you think of people that voted for Bush twice. Oh, right. And then... Oh, yeah. And, and, and they threw Trump in there. They did. Yeah. Very topical. Uh, yeah, and... They are, so Angie, quote unquote, pumps, really steals the show. Yeah, so there's Angie. Let's just get that out. Yeah, there's Angie, Jenny, or Jennifer, and Lee. And Jennifer and Lee look like sisters, sisters. but we're starting to think that they're not. They also kind of oh, act not like sisters. sisters. They're all fake blonde. Yes, definitely. Middle-aged. Jenny and Lee look like sisters, but they're not. And then pumps is nuts. She, like, brings her iced tea pitcher into the restaurant in the opening scene, which I connected with really deeply because I'm addicted to Crystal Light peach tea. But that was weird. I just assumed that at every restaurant in Oklahoma they would have, like, unsweet tea. Yeah, when she said, when she asked for it and he said they didn't have it, they were all shocked. And it was kind of yeah, a shocking moment. Yeah, I was moment. also shocked. I was like... <laughs> it shocked the nation. Yeah. <laughs> What a twist. It was it was shocking. How's your eye? My it's really itchy. Okay, don't worry. What happened to your eye? Nothing, it's just itchy. You just started itching it really hard. It's like there's a cat. Because oh. <laughs> you're allergic, apparently. <laughs> it's like Milo's here. It's like Milo's here. Because apparently Milo is a person who exists. <laughs> a cat who exists. Um <laughs> kind of a person. Yeah. So um we start off with talking about so this the so we're starting off right away at this restaurant with the main storyline of the season. Uh, Pumps and is talking about how she wants to like lose some weight and get back to like her beauty day, like her beauty queen days. So uh, she, I was shocked though. Pumps like, I mean, she must have put on like fifty pounds since two thousand eleven. Probably. I mean, she they showed, was, like, they showed a really, range of pictures. Yeah, they, but she was really thin when she was married, and then yeah, she's going through a terrible divorce. She's going through a terrible divorce. She's representing herself because she is a independent woman lawyer lady. Yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, that's nice. So when, they, was, when I found out like, she was a lawyer, I was like, oh, I like that. Oh yeah, no, it was like a a wonderful another look twist. On her. Oh, yeah. yeah, um, yeah, you didn't see it coming, but yeah, it was great. It was a great little surprise. So she's the most fun one on the show. Oh, absolutely. I, I was I was talking to our friend Chelsea last night about this show, and I was saying how did if, she watch it? Yeah, and I was saying how if her name wasn't Pumps. Her nickname, if her nickname wasn't Pumps, which is too reminiscent of Lisa Vanderpump, she this show would be all about her. This yeah. show would be centered on her. It would be Sweet Home Pumps <laughs> or something like something whatever. <laughs> Oklahoma Pumpin, Pumpin Oklahoma. I don't know. You know what I mean? It would be about her because she was she stole the show and everything kind of revolved around her. So the the other two, Jennifer and Lee, were are they're all they're like really in shape and like yeah. thin and they were like white jeans and like flowy shirts and, yeah. and but at lunch they're like 
I brought the <laughs> she brought these like uh, she, she bought Fitbits for that basically. But they, they call but them they step counters, but they're Fitbits. But they weren't Fitbits. They were like attachments to put on your shoes or your clothes to measure your step. They were nothing more than like pedometers to just. They were definitely Fitbits because they it looks like the exact same package that I got when I got my Fitbit. Like it's definitely a Fitbit. Yeah, but it was it like didn't have a watch or anything. It wasn't like a wrist thing. It was no. It was the smaller one. It was the clip on one. Yeah. Okay, but I thought that it was like why did they just get the fifty dollar one as opposed to the ninety nine dollar one? Yeah, yeah. So the whole episode is kind of like about her getting fit again. Yeah, you know, it's a really produced storyline. So basically, this is what happens. Um, (laughs) We'll just lay it all out there. (laughs) So they are like they go on a walk and they're wearing their Fitbits and like having having a laugh. And so then, so that's like the middle of the episode. Uh, then, you know, like the midway point of our storyline. Then like the end point of the storyline is, uh, oh no, oh wait, I forgot about the cupcake shop. So they, part of Well, the- yeah, I mean, the whole thing is like, Pumps needs to be fit and then Pumps isn't fit. Like yeah. she's not healthy and then like, but she needs to be, but she's not, but she needs to be. And it just it keeps on going back and forth. Like, I mean, there's like the smoking glove and then there's the, Oh my God. The okay, well, yeah. And then the cupcake and then the Fitbit and then the dog and then the Fitbit. I mean, it goes back and forth the whole time. Right, right, right. right. So she, <coughs> so pumps, uh, smokes cigarettes, but she doesn't want her kids to ever smell smoke on her. So she smokes with a latex, a blue latex glove on, <laughs> which if any of our listeners listen to the podcast up and vanished, I was just rattled to see a blue latex glove and you know why but, <laughs> but yeah but you have to unpack that now no no no, no 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 so so okay so no i can't it's no, too long please. a story none of the listeners know no, oh my god so i'm listening to this amazing po- like true crime podcast where he's like like uh there's this documentarian who's making it and he's like trying to unearth this like you know, 10, 11 year old cold case. It's actually amazing because like, because of his podcast, they're like making arrests. Like they made arrests like a month ago yeah, and now he's like amazing. making it in real time. The podcast, it's really cool. And basically all the, there's a bunch of weird stuff with this story, but like outside of the woman who was kidnapped or disappeared outside of her home, they found a blue latex glove and it's become like this whole point of like controversy. <laughs> and so that is the story of the blue Pumps latex the glove. P- Pumps is clearly the murderer. <laughs> Pumps killed, hashtag Pumps killed Tara Grinstead. That's the hashtag. If you listen to this podcast, hashtag us. No. Um, and so, yeah. And then they, she like, uh, after they have their great walk where they got a lot of steps in or whatever, they track her location and see that she's at a cupcake shop with her kids. And then that little ending button scene on that is that they, uh, the twins, not that, why do I call them the twins? Well, they look like that twins, was that, that was honestly like just a reflex. Uh, but maybe I'm thinking of Summer House, which I don't even watch. But there's blonde twins on that. But anyway, um, so they like they're looking at their uh, Fitbit app and they're looking at uh, Pumps' steps and they're like, oh my god, she's gotten so many in today. Like I'm so proud of her. Like this is great. Let's like go over and they make a point of being like, we don't knock when we go to Pumps. Pumps' house. But is it pumps or pumps's? Pumps's? Pumps's. Pumps's. We don't knock, but we go to pumps' house. Or pumpers. (laughs) Or pumpers's. Pumpers's, if you will. Um, Oh, I will. um, And they go in there and they're like, they see her like tanning by the pool with her daughter. And they're like, 
whoa, like, you know, you're resting now, but like, it's great that you got so many steps in, like keep up the good work. Then they leave. And then da, 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 da. We find out <laughs> that she put the Fitbit on the dog's collar. <laughs> it was really funny. It was, it was really obvious. You know what I was saying to Chelsea last night when we were talking about this? I was, I guess I don't have to preface it that way. I could just state the thought, but <laughs> I was saying how it was obviously a very produced storyline, but I felt like it was a storyline that these three women like decided over a glass of wine. They were like, this is what our first episode is going to be about. And let's pitch it to the producers and see what they think. How did they and get they their came own up show? with it and thought it was so funny. You know what I mean? And like thought it and like, it's been like a joke of theirs forever that like, Oh, if we got pumps, a Fitbit, she would just put it on the dog. <laughs> and so like, they decided to turn like that, like a, like an old joke, like into a storyline. And so like, there was something authentic about it in that way. I felt that the, like the very produced nature of the storyline came from the friends and not from Bravo, not from NBC yeah, I universal. I can see that. <laughs> I might be wrong, but that's just how it felt. So I, uh, another storyline though was, were they being endorsed by Apple or, or why did they talk about find my friends so much? They were like, let's track pumps. Let's well, they didn't actually Jenny. say find my friends. So they didn't say, find my, I know, I know, but they didn't actually say find my friends, but it was like, the whole episode was about like Fitbits and find my friends, but they never said the name of the product. So yeah, no, they're I not know. sponsored. I mean, they're not actually, I know they're not sponsored, but it was <laughs> like, going to be a look. I know they're not, sponsored. but like, why did they talk about that so much? And why were they like, it was just part of their, they were just using it as a device to get the story. Like, but it was all it. about just like tracking their friends and like, we're such close friends that we always know where everyone is. You know, I think that sweet home, Oklahoma, might actually be a commentary on the current state of social media and how it affects modern friendships. Yeah. <laughs> it must be. What else could it be? <laughs> Bravo's actually genius. <laughs> I don't like how did these women get a show about them? That's a great question. I have no idea why the show was made. It because none of them are like that interesting. The only good one is Pumps. Yeah, the other amazing. two are kind of bland. You know, except for the one that has the lawyer, the disbarred lawyer ex-husband that she's now back together oh, with, yeah, and who lives Josh. in the house. And they're yeah. in a monogamous, monogamous relationship. Yeah, with. yeah. That's how they described it—a monogamous relationship. Yeah, but <laughs> ex-husband. Yeah, they're not married. They're divorced, but they live together. And so basically they're back together. They're basically married. Yeah. It's very, it's, it's, so it's a little wishy-washy for me. (laughs) (laughs) It's a little, there's something weak about that result. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the one that's Jenny, right? Yeah. And, uh, so she has this like man child of an ex-husband, but he seems sincere. Yeah, he seems a little hipster. He, re- yeah, he seems really hipster. He has like big glasses and has weird like there's kind of a that don't mean anything. Yeah, but. there's like a country hipsterness to him, like a Garth Brooks hipsterness. No, 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 a Keith Urban hipsterness. That's yeah, he looks like Keith Urban. Yeah, um, <laughs> I can't believe I got Garth Brooks and Keith Urban mixed <laughs> up. That's weird. Um, they're like nothing alike. Um, so I liked it though. I liked it a lot. There was something really genuine about it. It was cute. Yeah, it does look like Garth Brooks. Definitely not him. Definitely not Garth Brooks at all. <laughs> like, could not be less Garth Brooks. Um, well, they're from the South. Yeah. I guess Oklahoma is more... We are, too, Midwest. technically. Yeah. Um, Oklahoma, I believe, is the Plains. The Plains, yeah. Yeah. Tornadoes. <sighs> Scary. Dorothy. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. End of list. <laughs> that was Kansas. 
I mean, Oklahoma and Kansas are basically the same. <laughs> they might as well be. The, they might as well be one big state. They might as well be one big rectangle state. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. What if we have listeners? What if we have listeners? Yeah. What if we have? If you are a listener in Oklahoma, please send us an email. Yeah, that would thrill me. Us. We'll give you a big old shout out. <laughs> we will give you the biggest old shout out. We'll give you an Oklahoma. We'll give you an Oklahoma Kansas combined state sized shout out. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm going to give it, of course, we're rating this on a reality show scale. I'm going to give it three out of five stars. Yeah, I would give it, um, that might be a little on the high side, but I had fun with it. Pumps is a national. Treasure. I would give it a three, three stars. Yeah. Yeah. Because it wasn't that there wasn't drama between them. It wasn't anything super special or new, but it no. was fun to watch. They're a fun group. They are. Although yeah. those two, the two skinny ones would be nothing without pumps. It must be said. No, my God, no. Yeah. Lee didn't even have anything. I don't think they had like anything. Anything for her. She's going on a blind date next on the next episode that pumps and Jenny are going to crash. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like they're, I think they're like fully wearing like the glasses with the nose and the fake mustache (laughs) and like sitting behind her. And like, and like the other one's wearing like a feather boa and star shaped (laughs) sunglasses. Not really, but like they're doing something really inconspicuous, like really inconspicuous like that. Wait, conspicuous. conspicuous? <laughs> <laughs> Oops. That was hard. <laughs> That's one that I always have to think about. There, there's just there's just been like a good amount of Chardonnay tonight, is really what it is. Cheers, bitches. Yeah, cheers. <sighs> cheers. My glasses. But I there. would watch this one. This was my second favorite this week. Um, yeah. Don't watch Iron Fist, watch this instead. And it's short. So you can get through... It's short and sweet. You can get through a few episodes. Just like these Oklahoma ladies. No, that wasn't... (laughs) No. No. Short and sweet. Maybe just short. Maybe just sweet. (laughs) (laughs) Or both. Why not both? (laughs) I say both. So the third pilot we watched this week was The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which is a Pamela... A pilot on Amazon instant, a Pama, a Pamazon, if you will. And this was written and directed by Amy Sherman Palladino, who you may know from writing and directing, well, directing several many episodes, whatever, writing, creating Gilmore Girls and Bunheads. And also Jezebel James. What the what the fuck is Bunheads? You don't know what Bunheads is? No. No one does. It's um, it's funny. It's funny you should say that because I don't think anybody does. It was it was only Sadly, just a season long show on ABC Family for it was Freeform. Uh, that was about girl, like ballet dancers, like teenagers. It was really funny and it had Sutton Foster as the lead. I love Sutton Foster. Yeah. And it had uh, Kelly Bishop, who was on Gilmore Girls. She was the grandma on Gilmore Girls and she's in that. And it's quite excellent. But it wasn't nearly as good as Gilmore Girls. I do think it was robbed by not getting a second season. But, uh, yeah. So it's set in 1958. Yep. And Rachel Brosnahan, who had a great turn as a prostitute on House of Cards. That's what she's most known for. Um, plays Miriam Midge. Uh, you know, in quotes. Maisel. And we see her at her wedding. And she's giving a speech at her wedding, which is like pretty unusual, but I think they're trying to set up the idea that she's like a good speaker. And she's talking about how she's like, she does this thing that's very like Amy Sherman Palladino, where she's like, 
When I was two, I was studying Proust. When I was five, I was blah, 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 blah. Like, she's not actually <laughs> saying that, but then she's like, when I was 13, I announced that I was going to Bryn Mawr College. And I did. And that's where I met Joel. And like, Joel. And Joel. And there's like this scene of her like bleaching her pubes and like running around the courtyard because it burns. <laughs> and, uh, her Joel like fucking on a tree. And she talks really fast. Yeah. She's you know, clever. She's, like, she's quick, witty. Yeah. She, sharp-witted yeah um and like really smart mm-hmm. um and then there, there, there's and like, she cracks a joke and she cracks a joke that there is shrimp in the egg rolls and it creates a huge problem with the rabbi at the wedding yeah and they're like and like she and the dad or she like the rabbi and her dad are like fighting and it's like a big ruckus it's like that time that i tricked Ariel into eating um pork dumplings well it was more like she didn't want to believe that she was eating pork dumplings <laughs> <laughs> Cut to four years later when she's living on the Upper West Side, like well-to-do, and we find we find out that she got the rabbi. Yeah, for Yom Kippur. <laughs> yeah, like they've had a, they've been fighting for four years ever since the wedding with the egg roll fiasco, and they finally got the rabbi to come to their breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big deal. Yeah, it was. She ran to tell the meat market guy about it. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so she has this kind of like helicopter mother who's really critical. And they live in the same building. Yeah, they live in the same building. And her father is Tony Shaloub. So the, so yeah, they live in the same building, like right next to each other. Mm-hmm. And um, she has a kid. She has a. She has two kids. Oh, she has two kids? She has a boy and a baby girl. Oh, yeah, the baby girl who the mom criticizes for having too big of a forehead. Yeah, she's just worried that she won't be very pretty. Yeah. And she like, makes the very accurate note that life is easier when you're pretty. <laughs> yeah. And sense that she might look like Winston Churchill. <laughs> yeah, so their relationship right off the bat was pretty good. Yeah. Um, and then we find out that... And she is very doting on her husband. Um, Joel. Midge? Uh, yeah, Joel, yeah. yeah, yeah, she is. And she takes a measurement of her body every single yeah, day. Yeah, she's like very image conscious. She's like very fierce and confident, but also very image conscious. Which but, I like, think very it, confident. Yeah, very confident. But measures her uh, her like calves, thighs, waist, and butt. And yeah, everything every day. every day for the past ten, ten years, years. <laughs> which is nuts. And she has an entire notebook filled with measurements, like from every single day. Yeah, it's like way too much. And uh, she... But it really sets the tone for who she is. It does. And it also really sets the mood for kind of like what it was like back then. Yeah. Um, and she's talking to... When she's measuring herself, she's talking to her friend Imogen, who is played by Bailey DeYoung, who is in Bunheads. And the Gilmore Girls revival. Uh, so who is the character from Gilmore Girls that's in this show? That was really... Oh, the actress? Yeah. Alex Borstein. Okay, and who is she? And Gilmore Girls, she she's in like probably like a total of like eight episodes of Gilmore Girls, and she says like different bit like bit character parts, like okay. a couple different characters. And who does she play in this show? Susie. Okay, who's Susie? Susie is the, who work, the girl who works at the club. The club. Oh right right right. <laughs> what pilot did you watch? <laughs> right right. Okay that okay. Right, right. Is that who you're thinking of? Well, yeah, because I read that I didn't watch Gilmore Girls, but I did read this review that was talking about <clears throat> there was a character that yeah, it was there. But I recognized her from uh, Mad TV. I always know her immediately as the uh, uh, oh my god, I could probably think of the character name like Miss Ungermeyer from the Lizzie McGuire movie. 
I didn't see the Lizzie McGuire movie. Oh, I feel like that was like a staple of my childhood. Jane, Jane's nodding. Yes, it is. <laughs> the moped iconic scene. Yes. Yeah. Hillary Duff was really good in that movie. Okay. <laughs> Play herself that? and Paula or whatever the <laughs> Paulina yeah. or whatever yeah, the, the pop star's name was. Mitch's husband, Joel, loves to do stand-up comedy. They go down. They go down from like, they like, uh, you know, it's kind of their version of like letting their hair down. They go down from the Upper West Side, their well-to-do apartment, down to the East, not the East Village, down to the village. Greenwich Village. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I lived in Greenwich that, Village. Thank that, you. Is that what they call it, the village? They do call it the village. Okay. No one calls it Greenwich Village, actually. Because I didn't know which village it was. I was like, is it the East Village or the West Village? Or? It's Greenwich Village. Okay. Yeah. But then they explained it later. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Anyways. So, so that's like his true passion, but he, he has some sort of corporate job yeah. um, and he has like a corner office and a secretary, but his true passion is stand-up comedy. And he always gets bad time slots because he's not a very good comedian, but Midge makes brisket for the guy who books the time slots at the club, Baz, and gets him better time slots, Yeah, which but is pretty cute. He's bad at it, though. He's bad. And so we see him, like, doing his set. And we see, like, them the next day. That's when she's, like, measuring herself and hanging out with Imogen. And then she sees, was it Bob Newhart on TV? And she's like, Joel, Bob Newhart's doing your act. And he's like, oh, that's, like, his act. Like, everyone, like, all young comedians, like, steal, like, great comedians' acts. And she's like, oh. And I'm also like, no. I don't think that people do that, actually. Like, yeah, it, it seems like that's not actually what happens. It's like from that moment on, you know he's an asshole. Yeah, and he's a, he's a phony. He's a phony. He's a real phony. <laughs> he's a real phony. You don't you, trust him. To use some real catcher in the rye kind of language. <laughs> it's a real phony, that one. <laughs> so, uh, it's the night before Yom Kippur. Yes. And... Joel had just bombed this comedy show. Yeah, it was horrible. And like Imogen and her husband were there and he, uh, there were like, he blames Midge for the whole thing because he's an ass. And, uh, and he, he, but he leaves her. Yeah. He, he tells her he, he's yeah, leaving her. He, he packs his clothes in her suitcase. Yeah. And she's like, you're leaving me with my suitcase. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, yeah, sorry. So then, um, she doesn't really like get too emotional or anything, but she leaves him, mm-hmm. and uh, she says, "You have always had such horrible timing." Yeah. And then she goes uh, after he walks out. He, she goes across the hall to her parents' place, and uh, the her her mom walks in and, see, and she's wearing this flowy like sheer lace nightgown. Yeah. And the first thing her mom says is, "What are you wearing? It's not fitted." Yeah, <laughs> she, she comes like, in like in a, like as a, like, like in a, a mess, like so upset, and she's like, "What are you wearing?" Yeah, but like her mom's wearing this beautiful fitted nightgown. Yeah, um, and then the, you know the dad goes hysterical and blames Joel's leaving on her. Yeah, um, and then she gets drunk and goes out to the comedy club. To, I guess to see if Joel was there. No, because she wanted her Pyrex back. Oh, that's oh yeah. She left from her the, Pyrex there that the had the brisket. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to get her Pyrex back, and then she ends up wandering on the stage and doing a stand-up act like without even knowing it. Yeah, it was great. It was it was really they good. They fit the spotlight on her, and it was it was like a total twist because yeah. you didn't think that she would be the one on stage or the one that was actually funnier than Joel. Yeah. Um, 
And then the the booker, what was her name? Uh, Susie. Yeah, Susie tracks her down and uh, well, she bails her out of jail. Oh, uh, she bails her out of jail because she ends up like flashing everyone. And yeah, and you have to have a cabaret license, I guess, in New York to be on stage and show your tits. Oh. So that's the yeah, that's what was going on. So Susie bailed her out of jail and like took her to a bar and was like, "Look, you need to pursue this. Like, I can help you." She's like, "I can tell that you're you got talent." Yeah, and she says. Something about how she's probably going to be alone forever, so she wants to like really make her mark on the world. And Major says, like, oh, you're not going to be alone. And she's like, oh, I don't care if I'm alone. I just don't want to be insignificant. <sighs> that was a good line. <laughs> and um, so <laughs> Alex Borstein did a good job of delivering it. Um, it wasn't super inspired writing-wise, but it really fit well in the, in the context yeah, of the I show. Yeah, it did. And uh, so Midge decides she's going to be a stand-up. She has a little book that she used to write notes about Joel's shows in. Yeah, she would because she wrote Joel's lines basically. Yeah. But he, but like she said, he had really bad timing. So she figures if she knows these good jokes and she has good timing, then she can be a really good stand-up comedian. Yeah. So Marvelous Mrs. Maisel is kind of a weird situation for Amazon. It's only a pilot, whereas usually they release a whole series all at once, like Netflix and other instant streaming services. And this is different. However, I have it on. I have some Hollywood inside info that it's going to series. So Asia, I mean, it was the best pilot I've seen since like West. It was so good. I'm giving it 4.5 stars. Yeah. I loved it. I, I mean, it, it was, was so good. Rachel Brosnahan should be nominated for an Emmy. It was really, really good. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of other funny lines. There was like, there were some really good ones. Unfortunately, I watched it a couple days ago. Oh, I watched it last night. Oh, um, um I watched it tonight. You guys really sold it. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really yeah 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 yeah. Not enough yeah, good yeah. things to say about it. I know yeah, um, and it's like a nice twist on like the 1950s lifestyle mm-hmm. um, that I know nothing about except yeah <laughs> except for watching this show <laughs> so, yeah and what maybe um, Mad Men yeah but really good I get, I would have given it four and a half I was, I was gonna say four but four and a half seems more like it it was just really well done really well put together like I said it's more character driven than plot driven. Whereas I tend to prefer more plot-driven stuff. It could have set up more stuff for a season, but I was fine yeah, with that. Yeah, that's the only thing that kept me from giving it, like, five stars. Yeah. Because I mean, it didn't really... It wasn't perfect. It felt kind of like a movie. Yeah. Yeah, 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 Like, I don't know where they can really go with it for the rest of the season. Yeah. Um, me neither. I, I wanted more storylines set up. But I also do know that this is Amy Sherman. This is very Amy, Amy Sherman Palladino type of thing to do. She starts off her seat, like her shows are a really slow burn. And something I liked about this, you know, for our, are any listeners out there were Gilmore girls fans or Bunheads fans. This show was just Amy Sherman Palladino E enough. She has a very strong voice and like her stamp is very much present in all of her shows, way more show, way, way more so than like any other showrunner or writer in modern memory. Maybe like Aaron Sorkin is like comparable. And it was just Amy Sherman Palladino y enough. It didn't have, it wasn't too heavy handed and it didn't feel indulgent on her part like Gilmore Girls often did, I feel like. So I was really, really pleased with it. Really pleased with it. Really, if you haven't seen it, you should really watch it. I watched. Great production value. Yeah, and go and um, take the survey on Amazon. If you go to Amazon.com yeah. slash pilot season, mm-hmm. you can tell you, them you want more Marvelous Miss Maisel. Yeah, and you can. Um, 
You can watch the other pilot. <laughs> I watched um, Budding Prospects. How was that? Which is another pro- uh, period piece set in the 80s in San Francisco. And oh, these three good. hapless young men um, go and get hired to work on a, a weed farm. Okay. It's not that good. Okay. Um, I'm sick of shows about drugs. Yeah, same. Oh, yeah. It's Heavily like, saturated in the market. Yeah. Like, find something novel to talk about. Yeah. I hear um, you there. But yeah, really watch this show. Um, if you're not going to watch anything else this week. Yeah, this was a great little pilot. You won't regret it. Yeah. It's a lull a minute. Yeah. No. Uh, so thanks for tuning in. If Woo. you made it this far. Um, let's plug our socials. Yeah. So you can email us at pilotriotpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at pilotriotpod. Um, what else is there? You can follow Peter on Instagram. <laughs> oh, we're doing okay. Uh, Peter Hums, like, I'm actually getting sick of plugging our personal ones. Yeah, I, let's let's get this. I've literally not gotten any followers. Me neither. Me neither. <laughs> not a single one. This is pointless. Yeah, let's cut All this. All right. Have a good night, guys. Have a good day. And we will see you next week. I'm excited for next week's shows. Me too. See you next week. Bye. Bye.